Welcome to Coffee with a Therapist this wonderful Wednesday. I am excited to be talking more about boundaries today. And specifically, we're going to be delving into some of the biggest barriers I've seen to people setting boundaries and then the difference between healthy boundary setting and maybe where your boundaries might have some holes in them. Oftentimes, people come to me thinking that they have good boundaries And then there are different areas and small tweaks they have to make to actually make effective boundaries. Um, Just as a side note too, if y'all have not tried this almond milk foam cold brew thing from Starbucks, it is really good. They have like a chocolate one and a cinnamon one, and I keep going back and forth because they are both delicious. Um, And I know this is not about coffee, but since it's coffee with the therapist, I did want to tell you that my newest obsession um, Starbucks, they always hook me in the summers with their cold brews, is this almond milk foam thing. It's really, really good. And feel free to share with me if you guys have anything um, that you really love coffee-wise because I'm always interested in trying new things. And um, I don't do a ton of dairy, so if it has dairy, I may not try it as much. But if it's really worth it, I might still try it because, you know, you only live once, right? That's what the kids say, YOLO. Um Wow, my age is totally showing. But anyway, I wanted to talk about some of the barriers that I see come up often to setting boundaries. And one of the biggest ones, especially that I see with people who are afraid of conflict or tend to be kind of people pleasers, is that they fear rejection and ultimately abandonment. So if you have any previous traumas with abandonment, um, maybe from a caregiver, maybe from previous relationships, that's going to potentially leak into your ability to set boundaries if you're fearing that setting boundaries may mean that you are not able to maintain your connection with loved ones. Um, The other thing that I see for people is some people really just try to avoid conflict and confrontation like it's a plague, even though it can be a very healthy and helpful thing in a relationship and just in our lives in general. Um, However, if we've only seen conflict be bad or end in really messy fights or criticism or you've seen it even potentially become violent, we might have this innate fear of any sort of conflict, even the small things or even the small conversations because, again, maybe we never really saw that happen in a healthy way. So our brain just tries to avoid any situation that might even sort of resemble that, right? And so I've also seen that for people if they've had, you know, parents or people in their lives that didn't do conflict very well, that they, again, they avoid it like the plague. Um, The other thing is a sense of guilt. Some people feel like there's this inner sense of, I don't really deserve to set boundaries or, you know, what if my boundary hurts another person? Um, And again, like, you know, boundaries are created for our safety, but it's also created to be loving towards that other person too. Um, One of the examples I'll give to people is often when you tell somebody who's struggling with alcoholism that they need to go to treatment, they're not going to look at you and say, you know, thank you so much for telling me that. Like I, you know, I didn't connect those dots, but you helped me with that. No, often there's a lot of anger and frustration and denial um, and even potentially cutoff, right? And although, you know, saying that really hard truth might end in them being very upset with you or being very reactive, um, often people later on down the line, once they are able to face themselves and work through their issues with, you know, substance abuse, 
they tend to be very grateful for the people in their lives that were um, courageous enough to say, like, hey, I think you have a problem. And yes, it is so hard to say. And sometimes people don't in that moment, like they're like, "Ugh, I'm so mad that this person is calling me out um, because, again, they may not be able to really face that truth yet. Um, but even in my own journey, so I'll speak for myself, like with an eating disorder, I had a doctor that was the one that called me out and I was still very much in denial. And so at first I was like, what is she talking about? Like she's, she's lost it. She's lost her marbles. Um, but now looking back, I actually use what she said in my presentations and I am very grateful that she said something because again, I wouldn't have gone through my journey And I wouldn't be in the place that I am today had she not had the courage to set that boundary with me and tell me, like, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you need. Um, And to have that hard conversation, to go into that conflictual mode potentially with me and my family system. And then, you know, like I kind of the similar thing to before, like if we don't see healthy models boundaried by our families of origin, we are a lot less likely to have this model of healthy boundaries just innately. Like we're just not gonna know the language of it. Um, Oftentimes we don't even know what's, you know, fair to set boundaries on and what's not. And like, again, just not having the language, not seeing it done well or effectively. We may have learned instead to get our needs, needs met through like passive aggressiveness or other unhealthy behaviors. And so again, that might also be a a barrier to us setting boundaries in our relationships. And then the last thing, and you know, obviously if this is part of your story, you know, this may have to look different for you, but for some people, there's safety concerns. You know, if you are in a domestically violent or abusive relationship, you know, setting boundaries might be physically dangerous or threatening to you. Um, and so for, for, if that's you, I know that like, you're not going to be able to set explicit boundaries. That's not necessarily safe. Um, and I would really encourage you to work with somebody, um, an advocate or something to try to safety plan and do what you need to do to get out of a relationship like that. Because again, I want to honor that there are some people in really messy situations where it's physically dangerous and threatening, or even like emotionally very dangerous, financially very dangerous um, to set a boundary with somebody. So if it's a power and control issue thing, um, first, I have a lot of empathy for you, and I just encourage you to reach out to those resources. So I want to go into the difference between healthy boundaries and um, maybe like unhealthy boundaries or boundaries with holes in them. So healthy boundaries allow us to have high self-esteem and respect. Um, They help us share our personal information in gradual ways, so like over time, um, in a mutually sharing and trusting relationship where that person has shown to us that they deserve to hear our truth and they deserve our vulnerability. And when I say deserve, it's not like a character thing. It's more of a like they have been safe with us. And when people are emotionally safe, and available, they have earned the right to hear more of our story and to know more about our our stuff, so to speak. Um, healthy boundaries are also, they allow us to protect um, our physical and emotional space from intrusion. They allow us to be in an equal partnership with our romantic partners. 
Um, and even just friendships too, where responsibilities tend to be shared. Now that doesn't mean that we're like keeping track of everything 50, 50. It just means that generally speaking, there's, you know, give and take. And if you feel like you're giving more in one area, you know, you're able to, again, set that boundary and kind of create more equity. Um, they also help us separate our needs, thoughts, and feelings and desires from others. Um, and they help us recognize that, you know, our boundaries and needs are different than other people. And that's okay. We're all going to have different sets of boundaries and needs. It's more important that we're able to communicate them in a way that's loving and effective without... Um, without shaming the other person for the boundaries that they have and trying to help people understand where ours are coming from. Um, they also help us to confidently say yes or no to different situations. And they ultimately empower us to make healthy choices and take responsibility for ourselves and our own lives and our own happiness and different things in our life, which often takes you know some of this tension and anxiety off of a relationship when we're expecting that relationship to be the thing that is responsible for our happiness and so many other things, right? Um, and so those are some of the characteristics of healthy boundaries. Let's talk about the characteristics of unhealthy boundaries. So they may look like sharing too much too soon. I don't know if you've ever met a person where you felt like they've kind of already told you their life story in the first two weeks, but that would be some leaky boundaries there, um, but it's also closing yourself off and not expressing your needs or wants at all either, right? It's either end of the spectrum, just like someone oversharing too much too soon, um, but also, you know, not sharing in time even when, you know, someone has shown you that they're trustworthy and safe. Um, it's also when we feel responsible for others' happiness. I see this often with moms where they kind of will... Um, tend to play kind of this martyr role and make sure everyone else in the family is okay, but not themselves. And, and I do have empathy for that and how we culturally can instill that into moms and put that pressure on them. Um, but often moms really struggle to have healthy boundaries with themselves and with their kiddos sometimes. And um, again, this can play out in any relationship, but essentially just trying to be responsible for others' happiness and almost take away their struggles and their pain, even though that is not our responsibility. Unhealthy boundaries can also be characterized by our inability to say no or not sharing our truth because we're afraid of abandonment or rejection. Um, it's also a weak sense of our own identity. So if you struggle to really know how, like who you are or how you feel about different situations, if you're always looking to like other people to see how you feel about things, um, that might be some leaky boundaries there too. And lastly, just disempowerment. Um, you may end up allowing others to make decisions for you and often feeling powerless and not responsible for your own life. Like you might blame others or the world for your unhappiness, um, but it more so usually looks like people just like kind of relying on other people to help them make decisions and not really knowing themselves very well. All right, so I know I just talked a lot at you, but I, I thought it was very important to talk about the differences between both healthy boundaries and unhealthy and leaky boundaries because, again, many of my clients come into therapy and they might have a leaky boundary or two, and just working on those pieces can be very transformative 
for the ways that they communicate their boundaries and the health of their relationships. I would love to answer any other questions you have. Awesome. Thank you so much for your feedback, y'all. Um, I, <laughs> You like the smell of coffee? That's cool. That's my mom, too. She's so funny. She doesn't drink any coffee, but she loves the smell of coffee. Um, so that's that's interesting. I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. I'm a big fan. Um, anywho, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for joining me, and I'm excited to delve more into boundaries tomorrow, Thursday. Take care, y'all.